What's up? What's up, man? Just so you know, um, we're we're gonna do a video as well for this. Okay. Okay. Just That's because cool. um, uh, I had Peter Spence on here from SBD, and I had said yeah. like in the in the uh, Instagram like stories and shit, like okay, we're doing some videos now, and then I I swear to God, I thought I told him I was video recording it, and then when I posted on YouTube, <laughs> he was like, oh shit. I, you didn't tell me it was video, Creepo. <laughs> I felt like a yeah. creepo. Videotaping a guy who didn't know he was being videotaped. It's like, ah, shit. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, let's crack him a minute. So, just a little background for anybody um, watching, listening, whatever platform it is. We did the 74 Kilo Boys. And we had most of the big guns. Now, there's a shitload of big guns in the 74 Kilo. But of them, we had Taylor Atwood who um, you and him are, are like neck and neck when it comes to those best lifter champion of champions awards. Um, and that's never been more important than the SBD Invitational coming around. And then we had Michael, Michael C., we had Ricky Chung, and we had Austin Perkins. And you yeah. listen to it. And that shit, listen, that's the podcast episode that fucking's got all types of people fired up. Um, yeah. But most importantly, got the champ fired up. Okay. Yeah. Most importantly, <laughs> got the chip fired up. Took a look at my DMs. I had I had uh, seventeen voicemails. No, I had, but I had, I had a few. <laughs> I had seventeen voicemails. No, but I had a uh, I had some voicemails from the champ, and I was like, my man, the door is obviously always open. So uh, <laughs> so we'll get you on, and you wanted to address a few things. So number one, what, what, what were you thinking when you heard it? What was it that was like? Oh shit, that was, that was foul. I, I I need to address this. Uh, I mean, we we all know that. What's his name? Uh, what's the uh man? What's the Asian dude's name again? Ricky Chuck. Ricky Chuck. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's his, that's his thing. He likes to talk a little shit. You know, little he likes bit. to poke little a little bit. bit. Little bit. Um, I wasn't. I was listening, and then like I heard my name come up. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, let me like let me. I was cooking at the time. Let me stop cooking. Let me hear what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, and uh, and it's always some, it's funny because it's always some bullshit when you hear I love the guy I love him phenomenal lifter but and I'm just like I'm like but what like what what and he's like oh I love Rush but I'm not sure I don't think I haven't seen him hit depth in in a, in a training session yet I'm sitting there I'm like I'm just kind of sitting there I'm like damn like I just be minding my business dog like I just kind of do myself in the corner so. Like from a competitive aspect, it fired me up. Like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't like mad, mad, but I'm just like, oh, they, like that's what they think. They think I'm in debt, blah blah blah. Yeah. And uh, it, it was just, it was, it was fun. That's why I hit you and I started sending all this voice message. I'm like, why do they keep playing with me? Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, blah blah blah. So, yeah, uh, it was, it was more so just fun. It's, it, it's fun, man. And just to hear, uh, just hear them talk about it and, and stuff like that really got me fired up. So it is like, um, because. Like, obviously, depth angle is absolute trash for Instagram. Nobody wants to see depth angle on Instagram. And the only reason why you post it is just to show people, hey, look, here's depth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I see where you're coming from where it's like, look, if you want a more in-depth view of this shit, you got to go to YouTube. You got to go to whatever. Yeah. And some people are actually messaging saying, go to his YouTube. You see some depth angles. But... Um, mm. Instagram and depth. If you got sixty yeah. seconds, nobody wants to see that shit. Yeah, Let's like see. let me. Okay, so let me let me expound upon that as well. I don't even like defending it because I don't. It's like when you have a track record and like depth has never been an issue for me. Why even address it? But I mean, it's a. It's funny because 
for me, on my social media pages, like whenever I post and start getting ready for me, people are like, I don't know about that depth, man. I don't know. Really? I'm just like, there's no need to address it because it's never been an issue for me. I don't change technique in training. I don't change technique in a meet. So yeah. I know that my depth's fine. It's just funny when I read comments, like people like saying, oh, this guy's a clown. Like he's not, he's not hitting depth, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really bother me that much. But uh, yeah, yeah, so when you when you post on Instagram and you're like a person that does social media, no one gives, like, if I'm being frank, no one gives a fuck about the side depth view. Like that, yeah. first of all, you can't, you can't see the weight. So that means that you're not going to be searched. Like it's not going to be present on the searchable because it's like you can't see the weight properly, right? Uh, number two, it's like, I don't know if you've seen, I, you see me in person, my quads are like pretty... Pretty big. Uh, yeah, big. So the, the angle that I provide, like, I don't know, like, I know so, I know some lifters don't have the type of muscle mass that I do with my legs, but uh, whenever I hit depth, like, it looks a certain way because my legs are so big. Yeah. And when you go and see that side angle, it's at depth, and I've never had an issue with depth. So it's just, it's funny whenever people talk about it. Uh, and then whenever, like, it's time to compete, you know what's funny? So you posted not long afterwards, um, a depth angle. And it was exactly what you said where, yeah, it was depth. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, the fucking quad sweep was like a wave coming out of the ocean type shit. You're not going to see that. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to see yeah. that. That hip was was well hidden. You're well protected yeah. hip, you know. Um, yeah. And also, yes, 100%, the video was nowhere near as entertaining. It, you know, yeah. You would have... I, I just, <laughs> I just posted it just to show y'all, like, look, man, like, when you see me from the front like this, my quads are very, very big, so when, I, when my head crease gets in there, it gets hidden, like, it just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of meat there. There's a lot of meat there, okay? It's not gonna look, it, depth on me is gonna look different from someone that has, like, smaller legs. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, um, that, that particular angle, from that particular angle. And people say, um, judging depth from the front judge, it's always iffy. It's it's, yeah. it's true, for some people, it's iffy as shit. The heavyweights have a real, like man, what the heavyweights not only have massive quads, but then they have their stomach there, and yeah. where you see the quad and the stomach meet isn't necessarily where their fucking hip is like six feet lower, you know what I mean? Like you gotta dig deep to see that hip. It's a whole nother ball game. So that front judge, when they're judging, Especially that's that'd be the Instagram post. I mean you try to do yeah. an angle or whatever, but it's very difficult. However, if nothing else, it's got people talking and it's not the worst thing in the world for people to be not knowing what you're coming in. For people to yeah. be you know what I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? It's a storyline mm. now. So it gives some kind of speculation. I guess. I mean I, it's funny <laughs> because it's just like when has this ever been an issue for me in a competition? Like, am I a lifter that's known to be like Oh, I don't know. You might not hit depth in a meet. It's like, bro, go literally just go look at my chart. Yeah, I've I missed I missed on depth once, and I know and like I know the exact attempt. My third attempt at the uh, twenty, I think it was twenty eighteen uh, Arnold or twenty seventeen Arnold. Like that was like the only time that I've missed on depth. And it's just funny because like that's never been an issue for me. So yeah. when people bring it up, I'm like, if you're competing against me and you're betting on me missing anything on depth, hey man, have fun with that. Like that's a wrap. Have fun with it. That's a faulty yeah, game plan. Yeah. That's a bad game plan. But I will say another conversation that you guys had that I, it's, it's funny because like when you listen to a podcast and you hear your name brought up, you want to instantly like respond, but obviously you can't. Um, so Taylor, Taylor brought up 
my third attempt on squat and said uh, at IPF Worlds. We haven't even had a chance to come back and like talk about IPF Worlds. Yeah, we will. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he talked about how it like my my first attempt, my first and second attempt moved super duper fast. My third looked really really difficult because uh, I hit proper depth or whatever. Or I don't I don't know I don't know what he was trying to get at, but yeah. I don't think people if people. If people have to realize the the conversation that was being had leading up to that particular meet throughout the whole IPF meet, the biggest conversation was depth, and like these judges were calling things that, like in normal meets, we'd be like, "That's depth." Like, what do you like? It was like it was weird, right? There like, was a dialogue. There was a dialogue. Yeah, it was it was a dialogue. It was a little it was a little weird situation. And when I went into my first and second attempt, I executed technique that I normally do. However, I knew that in this particular meet. For me to set myself aside or even have a chance at winning, I have to smash my third attempt. Yeah. And I, at that point, I was so confident in the way that I could hit it, I had to focus on depth. So I sunk it. Like, that 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 was unnecessarily deep. Yeah. That's why I came out of the hole and it was a little bit harder than it should have been. My second attempt it was six, I think it was like 677 or something like that. And then we just bumped it up like another couple of 10 pounds or whatever and it was 690. Yeah. So uh, that's why it looks difficult because I sunk it versus my second attempt. So I didn't want to leave any type of question about yeah. depth. So I knew if I close the door on my third attempt on squat, we're good. Like that's it. That's all I need to do. So that's the reason why it was a little bit harder than my second one. It was just making sure that I left no plausible like chance. Yeah. We missed. Yeah. If yeah. you if you had missed your third squat, the door would have swung open. And it could yeah. have been it breathed new life into Brett. It was essentially mm-hmm. you and Brett a showdown between. Let's so let's talk about that world because yeah we haven't we haven't caught up on that uh, yet. So going into that, um, obviously the previous worlds like that. Anyone who thought like I haven't seen you deadlift previously and knew going into Calgary when I saw you deading, I was like, man, he's usually capable of a lot bigger dead than this. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had talked about that, how you're like, yeah, man, the dead was, you had you had some back issues going into that. Mm-hmm. The back issues are long gone now because you just yeah, pulled yeah. 740 and your deadlift is absolutely flying. Um, so going into June's competition in that showdown, did you <clears> know you were going to be put, was a 10 times body weight, Total was that the game plan? Did you think that should be the rack for Brett? Because it was what was the game plan then? Um, for for okay, so like my mindset going into that meet was to just I started prep this like the second I lost uh, Worlds the first time around. Um, obviously, like I don't like talking about injury, but I was I, I feel like I could have done a lot better in that particular meet, and I was frankly I was embarrassed. Like it's it's one thing to have a bad meet, but there's another thing to have your opposition have the meet of their life and like a record-setting performance. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I remember I got off the platform. I'm just like Joey, I'm never gonna feel this feeling ever again in my fucking life. So let's get let's get to work. So you're like tomorrow, um, tomorrow. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> right? Whenever I got back into the states, I was like, we gotta start training. So. uh my mindset going into that meet was just to make sure I didn't embarrass myself again. Like, whether I came in first or second, it was just, we're not going to have a performance like that again. So, uh, going to this meet, I just knew that if I was able to put in, like, month after month of consistent, healthy training, um, there would be a possibility to kind of, like, push whoever first place was going to be. Um, and I knew that I was going to probably be at, like, a 10 times body weight type of deal whenever we got closer to the meet. Mm-hmm. So, that was, like, getting close to me, I knew that I was due for a pretty big total. It's just... Whether or not that would give me the first or second place, that's that's what we're trying to think. It's so difficult at the upper end when you're trying to estimate what the opposition's going to do. Like, mm-hmm. you could do the old, okay, if they hit this total, 
I'll add five to six to seven percent on that previous total and assume they're going to hit that. But that's not mm-hmm. real life. Like you've seen with yourself, real life, it's valleys and peaks. It's not always yeah. just going up. And yeah. oftentimes we prep for the worst case scenario. And we're like, oh, yeah. if bread hit 830, fuck, man, maybe 850 this year. Well, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Like progress isn't always linear like that. And people aren't always 100%. In terms of sports, it's fucking rare to have 100% walk in there 100%. Yeah. That's that quote unquote super meat where all everything's firing and you're like, knock on wood. Unless I fuck up my water cut, we're gonna have a bad day. A bad yeah. day. But I mean, we we talked about this. So I, I I think I jumped on a podcast before uh, IPF Worlds to talk. I talked like it's just meats are circumstantial, man. Like your performance is literally just based on that day. That's why I embody that concept of like any anything can happen on me day. Like anything, um, it's ebbs and flows. Like maybe. Maybe you didn't warm up the way you wanted to. Maybe you just felt like a little bit awkward and that throws off your squat just a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe like, maybe you're used to controlling certain things in your training that you don't have control over in a meet. Like those things play a, play a role in like being able to compete at the highest level. So um, once again, like there's so many things to take into account. The fact that you got a weight cut, the fact that- um, Travel time. I mean, kilos, yeah, tra- travel time, like kilos. Like I train on pounds, so kilos is a factor for me. Um, it's a lot of different aspects of, to competing that that plays a role into having the best possible possible performance you can have. Do you think it's a big deal training on pounds or kilos? Like I see, no. yeah, there's <laughs> no. like you know what? Like I call me crazy. It's not as big a deal for me. Like I see people say that, and then when I look, I'm like, like Kathleen, who's a co-host on this, he was actually in that flight and broke a world record for dead for deadlifts. Yeah. He's only ever deadlifted with pounds and, and you know what I mean? You yeah. just broke the total world record. Like, if there's any kind of effect, it's got to be minuscule or a lot of it mental. And if it's just Very, mental, you know, it is what it is. But I mean, like, like I said, man, like, uh, everyone's different. If, if you feel like training on kilos throughout your prep helps you be a lot more uh, predictable on meet day, so be it. But I've never had an issue to where kilos have affected my training and my ability to forecast what I can do in a meet so badly to where like I have to train on kilos during like training. Right, yeah, I have to use kilos during training. Like it's not that big of a deal. Like once you get to a certain amount of weight, the bar is gonna have similar effect. So I mean I don't I don't I don't trash people for wanting to use kilos, but I mean I I personally just can't train on kilos. I've never I don't even ever traded on kilos. And hitting competition, never in my life have I walked out like this feels different. Or, or pulled or whatever and be like, this shit feels different. Oh, no. Like, it, it all feels yeah. the same, especially when you're jacked I, up. Yeah, I will I will say, um, it like, you can slightly feel the difference because the weight's a lot more central to your body. Yeah. Um, for, like, a, a small lift like myself, it's a little bit, like, a little bit more different, but it's, like, not big of a difference for me to go do that in training. Like, yeah. it's just not. But you got to, like, drop thousands of dollars in the kilo set. Yeah, like, it's just not necessary. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um, especially at the top end, like, unless you're, like, fucking top end range. I don't know, man. Even if you're, like, Ray Williams, I think a 1,000 pounds is going to feel like a 1,000 pounds. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. minuscule. Um, okay. so, what, so after you hit your third squat and everything was flying, because it, it was not to say entirely anticlimactic, but were you paying attention in the squats? And did you look back and realize, hey, shit. Brett's squat was not what we had anticipated. Now, uh, this meet was very different because this was, uh, <clears throat> for me, this was like a redemption meet. I wasn't, 
I wasn't so much focused on the competition or anyone like around me. I was just focused on making sure that once again, I don't feel embarrassed when I step on that uh, podium. Like whether it's first, second, or third, I just wanted to make sure that I knew that I left it all on the platform in a healthy way. And I just, you know, that's what was my mindset going forward. So whenever I was competing, I was focused on the weight. Like I wasn't, normally I'm, I have a good understanding where people are, like I'm paying attention to misses, like I'm understanding where this person's at, what this, what this person's capable of. Yeah. But I I didn't have any clue what anyone was hitting. I didn't, no. all I knew was when I was up and I didn't even know the weight that was on the bar. So um, I just knew that like going into this meet, if I just hit my third squat, I have a chance at like one or two. That's all I knew. So once I hit my third, I was just like, let's just finish up the rest of this meet, man. <laughs> like, let's just, let's yeah. do it and that's it. And did you know, you must have known you broke a world record for squat? Yeah, well, I mean, just because, like, you can hear it. I think Joe, was oh, that the world record? Yeah, you can hear it. Was that the one Joey like, lost oh, his world mind? Record yeah. Was that the one Joey was, uh, lost his mind on the sidelines? But I think so. Or was that the end? I, I, think it was, I think it was that one. Both ones, like, so funny story about this. Uh, the, the third deadlift attempt, I didn't know, like, where I was at. I had no clue. So, like, I'm just, I'm just yeah, I'm just going in. Like, I'm just like, all right, this is my third attempt. Let's finish off this meet. Wherever I'm at is where I'm at. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm just lifting. And Joey screams in my ear, you are the number one 83 kg lifter in the world. And I'm like, that's, like, don't say it. That's premature to say. I don't know the outcome yet. Like, don't say that. <laughs> like, we don't know the outcome. Why would you say that? So, like, it, it threw me off. I'm like, like, bro, like, I'm about to lift. Like, let's let's see if I hit this first, yeah, and then yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it. So uh, I go in there, and, like, I think I understood what the weight was at that point. I, well, I mean, I can see the weight, so I'm like, I can pull that. So um, I just literally just got under the – I got on top of the bar and just pulled it. So. And it was a bet. Like, it was – there was no major scrap for it. But you also no. – it'd be foolish <laughs> to, like, load up, let's see what the max is today when you got the – No, no, That's not the time to do it. That is not the time to do it. Solidify that win. Um, when it happened, so when you actually hit it, then you probably knew from what Joey said, I am a world champion. Did it yeah. all of a sudden, what was that feeling like? Not just redemption, but like number one, in the, not even just in the world, but of all time. That We've never seen yeah. a total that big in 83 kilo class. Mm. Um, man, if I'm being honest, it, it felt... It felt anticlimactic almost like when it happened. Like I was, yeah. For me, um, I'm the type of person that visions uh, kind of like success before it even happens. So if I've done something, I've done it a million times in my head. Um, so when I got there, it was instantly like I want the next one. Like I want to, I want to work towards like my next meet and like make this meet like a joke because this was almost like a. It was almost like a get back on track for me in a sense at the high. But it's, it's funny because this IPF world play. <laughs> Getting back on track. That's why I wasn't I wasn't too focused about first or second because this is just like getting my feet wet of what we could possibly achieve in the future towards the end of the year. Yeah, and what so so that, so you think to a large extent this is just scratching the surface of what your full capabilities are? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because that the, all of 20, 20, man, 20, uh, 2018 was like a struggle, um, just like health wise and being able to put string together like months upon months of a healthy training. Mm -hmm. um, there's months where I feel good and there's months where like I tweak something again and just kind of like, have to pull back. Um, I think people don't understand that powerlifting is all about how long can you train together, how healthy months of training. And uh, it, it, it definitely, uh, 
put things in perspective. So I was just like, man, if I could just like string, that's why I was so excited for IPF4. I was like, I've strung together like like months upon months of, of good training. Like I can't wait to see what we do on the platform. It's people don't even realize how rare that is to be like, holy shit. Yeah. I think we're about to have it. Like this is going to be the yeah. day that we strive for where nothing fucks up. Especially the mm-hmm. weight cut. When it comes to like traveling and, um, and a flight to Sweden's not small. Time zone difference isn't small. Yeah. And when you got a weight cut, everything can be cool. And then like the weight cut can kick you in the ass or whatever. Like there's always something. Mm-hmm. When you actually weigh in, you're like, well, here we are. Like this is yeah. it. We made it. Thank God. We're yeah. about to hit the platform. Yeah. Uh, there's no better feeling than that. So you, you and Brett. Brett had an absolute titanic day in Calgary. After his day, people are like, is he the, because of his previous wins as well, is he the 83 kilo go? Is he not? Whatever the shit. Um, phenomenal day. First 10 times body weight, 83 kilo lifter. Heaviest 10 times body weight, 83 kilo finish. Um, and you weren't 100%. You weren't throwing it out there. But performance-wise, your deadlift was not where we would where we knew. We knew. Okay? Without, mm. dwell, without mm. dwelling on it. Going to Sweden. You fucking had a phenomenal day. Um, again, ten to- you joined the 10 times bodyweight club, um, world champion, world record, and Brett's squat is not what we had anticipated. It came down. And Brett also was like, man, fuck, it is what it is. You guys are both one and one. Okay? So we need a rubber match. In, in MMA and <laughs> boxing, they call it the rubber match. One guy yeah, won yeah. one, and the other guy's like, hey, man, I wasn't 100% for that one. And then the other guy wins the rematch, and the other guy's like, hey, I wasn't 100% for that one. And you're both, yeah. you're both now putting together resumes. You know, world records are falling left and right. And it's it's like Ali needs Frazier. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Pete Sampras needs Andre Agassi. You guys, you need each other to push, you know, to make mm-hmm. it a storyline. Otherwise, it's kind of boring when you just show up and do the Mike Tyson syndrome where you just kick the shit out of all the contenders. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's so... It's good, and now, just to make it even better, SBD announces um, their SBD Invitational, and we're talking, yeah. for, look at the smile on your face, man. <laughs> I didn't even say the money yet, but, but um, three, a little over $300,000 up for grabs, champion of champions, and Brett's going to be there, I'm assuming. Uh, the names haven't been called out yet, but looking at the criteria... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was it's by FPF, IPF points, etc. It looks like Brett will probably be able to get in there. It's not official yet, but we'll find out shortly. But let's just assume, for the sake of the scenario, the rubber match between two champions who've rewritten the history books and one of the better sporting rivals we've had climaxing at the SPD Invitational for a fucking chat that's going to be handsome, mm. young man. That is a that is a handsome check more than likely, and then yeah. on top of that, we got Taylor Atwood who won uh, Best Lifter Champion Champions Award, and um, and he's going to be there as well. And we're having a little bit of a cross divisional rivalry between you and Taylor. If you could put mm-hmm. together that day that that you know, I mean, you're putting together some crazy numbers in the gym. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I don't want to look too far ahead of the. U.S. Raw Nationals, and we'll talk about that in a hot minute. But regardless, yeah. what, what, regardless what happens there, you're already invited to the SBD Invitational because you won Worlds. So it really doesn't matter what happens at Raw Nationals. We'll go back to that in a second. But mm. what are your thoughts on this SBD Invitational? I'm going to take you just through like my emotional um, let's see, let's see. kind of spectrum before. So 
I don't know what it was. Uh, when it first came out, I was just like, eh. you know, like really? I don't know why. I think I think well, well, okay. Actually, I do know why because after uh, after this meet, I plan on just like building again all the way up until the next uh, Raw Nationals because or, or I was going to do a meet in the summer, so I didn't have any plans of doing a meet like in uh, the springtime or anything like that. So when they announced it, I was just like. I don't know if I want to do it, you know, just because like I, I didn't plan on doing this, yeah. right? So it's just like my mindset has to flip immediately because like after I finish a Raw Nationals, that means I have to start building up for this week. So at first, I was just kind of sitting on it, and um, I watched the uh, I watched the podcast you did with uh, Pete. Yeah, and I was like, I would be stupid not to do this meet. Like I would be an idiot not to do this meet just because of the 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 weight of what this meet is for powerlifting, like, it would just be stupid and just not to do it. Like, just off the whim and saying, I always play never repeat it, so I'm not going to do it. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, just kind of get, when he, when he put everything in perspective, I was just like, shit, like, this is the first time USAPL is doing something of this magnitude. And to have, like, the best lifters of the USAPL all kind of come into one spot, it would be foolish not to do it. It's not even about the money for me. It's, it's just about what powerlifting is becoming and what it's being... Uh, like the future of it, it looks bright. So I was just like, man. It, it's it's, it's <laughs> one of those deals where, um, you know, I know SPD is probably thinking, look, if this goes well, we'll do it every single year. And that'd be great. And it could get bigger and bigger and bigger. But the more you've been around the block, and you've probably seen it, the more you start realizing you can't take anything for granted. I think Jen Milliken yeah. posted one time, Jen Milliken, 2017, not only won the world championships, won best lifter of all of the women. And then, um, you know, she didn't make it in 2019. And now she may or may not win a national title and even make a team. And she's like, my God, if you talk to me in 2017, look, I'm not only national champ making the world team. I'm not only world champ. I'm the best woman, period, in the sport. Um, yeah. And then a couple of years later, I might, people are maybe pegging me. Maybe I win, maybe silver, maybe bronze, nationally, let alone world. She's like, you can't take things for granted. So when we talk about the SPD Invitational, um, you think like, fuck yeah, hopefully every year just gets bigger and bigger and this becomes a regular. But like you said, historically speaking, man, if we look back 20 years from now, this could be, it, could, it may never get no bigger than this tournament, yeah. you know, champion to champion and tournament. And what's crazy is that for me, money doesn't motivate me. Like that, like the prize didn't, it didn't really move me as much. Like that's cool. Don't get me wrong. That's cool. But it's like just understanding that, bro, this is like a, this is like a period of time for powerlifting where it could potentially just boom. Yeah. And to be a, to play a part in that and try to help that or just, just to be around it. Like that'd be amazing. That's like, you can't, you can't buy experiences. Like no, man, that's an experience. 100%. I love that you just said, I yeah. got a little bit of shivers when you said, but it's true. Look at Yeah. When you're, 90 years old and, and on death's door being like, all right, you look back on your life. You're never going to tell yourself, I wish I worked more. I, I made more money. Nah, man. You're going to tell yourself like all the things you're going to remember are, are like those moments when you step, yeah. when you flew into Sweden, hit the platform. We're like, holy shit, we're here. When you and Joey yeah. met on the sidelines, we're crowd was cheering. You're like, whoa, yeah, yeah. that was real. There, nobody's yeah. going to be able to write a check. $30,000? Let's say $30,000 is the prize money. Nobody could write you a $30,000 check and be like, can I take that experience from you, that moment from you? Mm -hmm. Go fuck yourself. You're not giving that yeah. moment up for nothing. Same thing yeah. with this SPD Invitational. If, like, if you're looking at the type of money that they're going to throw down, the type of production value 
And um, and like you said, we actually, you know, not to put pressure on everybody, but we need the stars to show up. In terms of the mm-hmm. IPF, um, you're an IPF world champion. You got probably the biggest following social media wise um, in the IPF, I think, period. Unless there's mm-hmm. anybody I'm missing, I don't think so. <laughs> your your inclusion is 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 yeah. you know it's it's the show could go on but it's it helps when everyone's like fuck, almost like for the greater good i gotta show up for yeah. yourself the experience will be phenomenal and 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 it'll be an amazing show but even when you yeah. show up it's like i gotta put forward you know i got if, if we're gonna come back the yeah. next year it's good this one's gotta kill this one's gotta kill yeah and it's also interesting because the the concept of this means a little bit different like you're Normally, when you go into a power to me, you're trying to be the person in your weight class. But now, like with the top level competitors, we're relatively close in IPF points. So it's like now you're jockeying to see who can beat each other in IPF points and who can be pound for pound the best entry in the IPF. So it's yeah, that, that, that aspect is fun. That that brings out a competitive nature inside of me. I'm just like, well, shit, let's, let's figure it out. It's literally, it's like the best period, regardless of weight class, mm-hmm. champion of champions. You're all champions mm-hmm. already. Um, it's going to make handling really damn hard, though. Like, whoever handles has to crunch numbers because it's not even direct, like, straight uh-huh. up kilos. It's going to be, fuck, well, what kind of IPF points does that put you at? And you got 60 yeah. seconds to crunch those numbers. Like, that's yeah. enough for you. You got to bring yeah. in a mathematician. You yeah. know? You got to go down to the local university and be like, <laughs> what well, one of you co-op students want some credit? Because I am flying <laughs> you out to Manchester. Um, <laughs> and on top of that, it'll be like... Um, you know, in golf, they got caddies. Like, when we're talking money, real money involved, they got caddies that you bounce ideas with. And, like, handling now could cost the person 20K or down to, like, 10K or down to even fewer. We don't know how the prize is going to shake up. So mm-hmm. the pressure on a handler in 60 seconds to make a decision, fuck, man. That's a- I, I'm kind of I'm looking forward to the backroom uh Chaos, like what's going to be happening in this? No, I told you I wanted this. Like you are not. I can't wait to see that. I'm a calm guy. Like I, I trust, I trust my team and I trust the people that are around me. So it's like there's not going to be any type of screaming. I pay them to put me in the best position possible, and, and like that trust is going to go a long way. Yeah. So we're going to see. We're going to see who really trusts their handling on that on that day. It's are, be you, fun. are you going to pay a little more attention? Um, only because, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 I think sense. I think you got to. I think I, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. yeah, I think you got to. I mean, it's it's a tough um, and even for the handler themselves, look, like, like as confident as I would be handling if I had handled, you know, at the. I mean, if it's Joey, he's done up to the world level a couple, like several times now. Mm. But the pressure, <clears throat> the pressure for that guy. If you miss, like, fuck, you might have missed regardless, but he'd be like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> you know, I don't. Now, think- see, this is this is what I like about Joey. Joey, uh, Joey has the same type of athletic background that I do. He has that football background, so those those pressure cooker moments doesn't really affect us or him. Like he's just like, all right, well, you know, we we did this and that, so now we're just gonna have to bump it up a little bit and see if we can get it. It's just like that type of vibe. It's like just pure supreme confidence. Yeah, I don't think he's. I already know his mindset and how he's gonna attack that. He's just gonna be like, well. We're gonna we're gonna push the limits of you as far as we possibly can. I just need you to make your attempts, and if you do that, we're gonna win. Like that's how he talks to me. So we're not worried about any of that. Yeah. I, I feel like 
if I was loading the bar and someone was going to fail, I'd be like, please don't fail by like two and a half. <laughs> I hope you really fail. Like, I hope it wasn't close. So it's like, oh, thank God. If it was, you know what I mean? When you have that conversation, yeah. do I put you up five or do I put you up seven and a half? Let's go yeah. seven and a half. And it looks like five would have been it. I'm like, a son of a bitch. That's yeah. tough, yeah. tough. Um, yeah. But so looking at that, that will probably be, hopefully, you and Brett's rubber match. Is that like, um, are you guys, you guys talk? You and Brett, is this feeling? No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a respect. It's a respect. Yeah. I respect you. Respect you. When I see him in person, we chop it up. We're like, yo, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Blah, blah, blah. But we're not, we're not going back and forth on social media or anything like that. Yeah. Does it help? Is it, it help to be like, you know, cause, cause yeah, you're not, you're not trying, you're not, you're not Ricky Cho. Put it that way. You're not, you're not mm-hmm. doing the Ricky Cho, but you're also not like, let me be friends with the dudes when we're about to go to battle. It's like, a, yeah. mentally, is it like you just need distance? Like, I don't want to get to like you. I don't want to. Is it more like that? Yeah. 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 It's more so just like when I show up on me day, like you're the enemy. Um, I spent too much time in my, my meat prep for me to be chummy chummy with you and having fun. Because if you beat me, then it's just, it's just weird. You know, I don't know. I, I like the enemy mindset. Like, yeah. Uh, I spend, like I said, I just spend months upon months of just like making sure that I'm good. And then once I'm good, now it's time to attack you. Like, you're the reason why I've been putting myself through this. Like, I got to beat you. So yeah. that's my mindset going into it. I don't want to be, like, you know, talking to you. Because you're putting me through stress in the gym. I'm thinking about you and your list. Yeah. So, like, to try and to try and be fake and talk, like, act like we're cool. For, for, a bit, for the time being, leading up to prep. Like, we're probably cool, like, when we're outside of meets and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. When it gets closer, it's just like, no, I'm struggling in the gym and I'm – sweating and killing myself in the gym because of you like you're trying to come for whatever spot that we're chasing so um it makes it easier whenever you just have that be against the water mentality like like yeah for instance like I, I, in calgary you weren't like oh good for him you can shake hands and be like son of a bitch i'm seeing sweet <laughs> yeah i was just standing there on the podium i was like i was like Zoom. <laughs> He told, he told him what? Yeah, it's, son of a bitch. Oh, damn, yeah. God. Like, yeah, come on, come on. It, it, I, yeah, I mean, just because she's just a show good sportsmanship, I talked to her, I was like, yo, congratulations, long time coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got know that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, and yeah. furthermore, if someone sees you at a competition, they're 83 kilo, and you are chummy with them, it's probably because you're not looking at them that way. Yeah, people, I don't know why people, I go into meets thinking everyone's a threat. Like, I don't care how far ahead I am in front of them in total or whatever. I'm looking at everyone as like, damn, like, he could have a perfect day and take everything. So, um, I respect everyone. Like every, like if you're in the prime time at 83 KG, I respect you because you have a possible, you have a chance of winning. Like I could fuck up, and then you come in and beat me. Like things, like things, I said, things like, yeah, meet me. Yeah, meet days and, and performances are so circumstantial. So like I respect everybody. You know, so that's probably a pretty good segue. Looking at the uh, U.S. Raw Nationals, it's mm. easy sometimes, especially coming off a World Championship win, and uh, coming mm. off like a guy like Brett. Um, to look at the U.S. Raw National roster and be like, well, shit, it's got to be, it's got to be Russell. Russell's got to be number one. Clearly, you'd be a favorite, but at the same time, I 100% see what you're saying. Where look at these fellas, like you're, you, you got a monster squat. We, this day and age, we got Jamar who's hitting in the 700s as well. And it's like, 
what the shit is going on? 700 was not that long ago something that a 105 would be lovely to hit. You know, there mm-hmm. you guys are you got if I put your training videos up, I got guys who are like 105s like, yeah, I would I would love to hit that in training. And this is <laughs> guys who go to worlds, right? Um yeah. So when when you look at like Marcus, when you look at like Russell or sorry, Russell, when you look at like a Sean, when you look at um, Jamar, when you look at like all like man, the list goes on and on. Any one of these fellas, if they go nine for nine and have a super meet, like when you and Brett had your super meets, and let's say because you can't always go have super meets, not every time it's a super meet. Let's say you have a less than super meet, that shit can shake up. Um, yeah. When you're approaching this. Who are you kind of looking your eyeballs on and being like, man, I got to watch out for? Is there a couple guys that you're watching out for that you're like, I am not sleeping on this cat? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like whoever's top four. I think it's, uh, I think it's Sean, Jamar, uh, uh, Marcus. I think that's it. Maybe another person. Maybe like, I mean, I forget his name. But for the most part, man, like those those guys for sure, just because they're capable. Like, yeah. The 83 kgs uh, in the USA is deep. So, deep, like me, like me, like me and Brett, like yeah, we're 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 at the top of the 83s. But at the same time, when I go back to the US, I still got to scrap my way to get out of the US. Like I have to, everything has to go well on my end for me to come out victorious. So it's like um, if I fuck up, or if those guys have just like a fantastic day and operate at at, at full capacity, I may take an L. But like it, that's the type of respect that I have because. Um, if you think that you're above anybody at this level, then you'll get humbled real quick. Like, yeah. no, it's yeah, true. So it, the, the room, okay. When people think about percentages, let's say something happens and it drops percentage like five percent, which isn't a huge percentage. If you look at how close, if some of these fellows hit around eight hundred kilo total, there's your five percent. You know, like you, you know, yeah. it, it's it's like that. So that's where it is. Where um, coming from the U.S. There's, there's pros and cons. Man. The U.S. Raw Nationals is massive. Everybody watches it. Mm-hmm. You, you can be a star. You win the U.S. Raw Nationals, and you're on the Team USA going to Worlds, you're probably a star. If you want to, if you want a big following, it could be there for you. Um, yeah. uh, so that's good. On the flip side, you got to fight like it's a second Worlds, and there's no, <laughs> there's no foot off the gas for you. Whereas Brett, yeah. with all due respect for everyone from New Zealand, Brett's probably, I don't even know if he has to show up at Nationals in New Zealand. Like he's cruising, he he doesn't mm. really need to get tested unless he comes to worlds. Where for you, it's like mm. the stress is never off. It's it's yeah. it's a yin and a yang type deal where it, there's good and there's bad with it. Um, That's all good for me. I love that because yeah. there's, that makes training that much more uh, that just more focused. Like there's no there's no week where I just be like oh you know just kind of go through the motions because like if I take this week then someone else might take advantage of me taking off. So. Um, I think that just helps sharpen the knife, man. I, I wouldn't want it anyway. Because like, like, every time I step on the platform, it's pressure. And that's what I want because I know it's going to make me better in training. So I don't want I don't want training. I don't want my lots of training. I'm just kind of cruising, you know? Yeah. No, 100%. And with yourself, yeah. you almost can't take your foot off the gas. U.S. Nationals, IPF Worlds, mm-hmm. and now the SBD Invitational, that's a full calendar, man. Mm-hmm. You probably couldn't even squeeze yeah. another one in there if you wanted to. Are you? Are you mm-hmm. Someone had told me that you were thinking about doing um bodybuilding is that or like taking the time <laughs> off was that before the I, invitational popped up uh well there okay so that was like that was a very fast uh thought that had that happened inside my head like i my background is but like i've done bodybuilding i've done a bodybuilding show before and i would love to kind of step back on the stage and see where i'm at um but just 
like with the with new goals and stuff like that coming inside, I'm just like, nah, that's not gonna happen. We're not doing that. <laughs> hey, look at things change quick. Like um, yeah. when Taylor was on here, he was like, you know, it's getting tougher and tougher. Kind of talking about how you were saying, I can't take my foot off the gas. These 74 kilo, like the fellas on the way up in 74 kilo are like 20 years old doing crazy numbers. And he was like, I feel the pressure. Taylor's 30. He's got like a, I think he's something in finance and he's making some for real career moves. He's like, I'm down to training three times a week. I don't know how much longer I want to do this. So he's talking about, like, we were like, Taylor, is this a turning into a retirement announcement? And then the SPB, SPD invitational pops up. And he's like, all right, maybe I won't retire yet. Like, it's a game changer when that kind of thing happens. Because um, now you can actually yeah. throw some money on it. Um, when you look mm -hmm. at this, do you, like, what are you thinking after, like, now that you've won the world championships? And that's obviously a massive goal. <clears throat> what are your future goals? Are you thinking, I'm staying 83 kilo and you want to build a dynasty and start adding mm -hmm. on to it? Or do you yeah, think... So Oh, well, yeah. No, well, 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 like, it's just, just in terms of, uh, I guess my follow-up would be motivation-wise, like Taylor was saying, is it easy mm -hmm. to stay motivated and stay in this? Or, or how do you feel about it? Yeah, because, well, okay, so when you accomplish certain things, your goals change. So, like, let's say I hit, uh, you hit, like, a, a, a certain amount of weight on squat. You're like, okay, well, this is now the new standard, or this is the, like, norm. Now I have to set a new standard to uh, kind of push myself. So, um Whenever you guys talk about who's the goat, like goat this, goat that, there to me there's no goat to powerlifting. Uh, for, for like the new age of powerlifting, like this yeah. age of like the USAPL raw, raw lifting, um, there's no goat like in the 80 weight class. No one has a resume. Like everyone has their little moment, uh, but that's not what a goat is. A goat is on the table to prove their greatness over an extended period of time. That's my like recognition of a goat. So mm -hmm. that's the that's the new goal, man. It's just to make sure I, I'm able to maintain a certain level of uh, strength output for an extended period of time to where my resume can't be denied. So um, that's that's my goal, like to consistently be at the top of the 83s for the next, I mean, however many well, uh, many years I got it. So yeah, um, that's the goal. Yeah, you know, it's, One, like winning winning a meet is cool, but it's like how long can you sustain that? Like Tom Brady, like when he holds up his hand, like he has to hold up another one because he has six in the same. So <laughs> that's <laughs> like that's insane. It's it's. That's yeah. why um, when I think of like Kimberly Walford, we had her on and we were talking to her about um, like she would probably be what you're kind of describing where like look, exactly. it, has, it would have to be Kimberly Walford's the GOAT for yeah. like 72 and maybe IPF period just because it's only ever been Kimberly, which is nuts when you think about we were just talking about how hard it is to always have a super meet and how she was champ in 2013 when like the standards were way hey, lower. Like you have dudes who are and girls who are winning world championships who wouldn't be top ten and just when the when the rest of the talent pool said, Hey, let me give this a go, they fell off real quick. And she's looking around and I remember asking her on the podcast, when you look around now, how many of the people won world titles that year and are still there? And she's like, It's just me. And I'm like, yeah. How many of those people are on the podium with even on the podium still? And she's like, It's just me. Like it was, yeah. like that's, and, that's insane to think about. And, and Kimberly is, is probably my favorite lifter in the IPA just because of that, that type of like, just that type of resume. Like it's crazy. There's no other, there's no other, like she's the goat. Like yeah. there's no other champion. Like when you, when you look at the podium, you look at the number one spot, she's been there consistently. And that's a resume. Like that's, that's showing over a period of time. Like regardless of like the sport blowing up, uh, back when no one was here, I'm still the best. And yeah. that's 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 goat shit to me. That's go that's a goat resume. 
It, so that's that's the type of thing I want to establish. At forty years old, no less. Like, I, like her yeah. her games, like these other people. She's got girls in their early twenties nipping at her heels, and she's forty. Man, she's middle aged woman. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and you wouldn't think. And she's like, it's just still Kimberly, not yet. Like in yeah. Sweden, everyone's like, look at Jessica Bittner. Look at me, everyone was busting my chops, but I took a picture with Jessica Bittner. She crazy out angled me. And I, <laughs> I begrudgingly posted that. And then yeah. to make me feel better, she sent me a picture of her out, ang- out angling Dan Green. I was like, all right, all right, I feel a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I'm like, well, I, saw, I saw her in person. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, shit. Dude, I told jacked. Her, We're taking a picture again. You're putting a fucking sweater on, sweetheart. Okay, no yeah, this, yeah. Uh, and she was flexing on the, the the opposite side of me. She had her fist balled up flexing. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. yeah. I didn't uh, see that. I didn't, I didn't know we were flexing. Okay, all right, that's good. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like when you see at 40 years old, she would have these young lions coming up, 20 years old. Like mm-hmm. Chloe mm-hmm. Dublin's 20. She was a teenager like a few months ago and posting totals. And to be 40 years old and be like, not yet. And when it came to Sweden, a lot of people like, eventually it's gonna happen. Eventually, it's your day, and you just stuck around mm. one championship too long or one nationals mm. too long. She was in the U.S. Raw Nationals year for year and just wasn't going to take it out. So we, some people were thinking, I can't remember if I picked her or not, but let's just say I did <laughs> for 2020. <laughs> but you would think like eventually, right? And when she loaded the bar for that last deadlift, you, you can't help but catch some feelings when she rolls up. And you could tell when she pulled... I remember when I was commentating, it didn't matter what they loaded the bar with. You had the feeling she was going to hit it. Like, mm. like, it was that old. Not today. Maybe maybe yeah. next time. Maybe next year. Not today. Yeah. Not today. That's, that's, that's go it's shit. Like, it's like, uh, I, I go back to Tom Brady again. Tom Brady, they keep saying he's getting older. Uh, and he keeps going out every single Sunday. Touchdown. 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 Oh, now I'm in the AFC Championship again. Yeah. Now Super Bowl again. So it's like, I'm running out of fingers to put these rings on. Like, yeah. That's that's good shit to me. Yeah. It's got yeah, I know what you mean where you want to create a resume that's undeniable. Where it's not like um, you know, in a few years we can be talking about someone else like that. It's like no 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 yeah. you carve a legacy. How old are you right yeah. now? Um twenty four. Twenty four, dude, you could be around yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with power, you <laughs> last forever. Are you thinking yeah. staying eighty three kilo then? Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't gotten difficult for me to keep my weight in check. Uh yeah, I mean, people think I people people think I walk around like two hundred pounds or something. I'm just like, no, like if I if I was walking at two hundred pounds, I'd probably contemplate moving up to ninety three because um, at that point you're losing uh, strength whenever you're weight cutting. Uh, I walk around at like one ninety to one ninety three at the most. That's bang on. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it, it just went it as long as I can keep my weight in check and, and stay within range of my water cut, I'm gonna remain eighty three for for a long time. The, the like. So 93 kilo would be 205 pounds. And for a D to be like a full-fledged 93, you'd probably want to weigh in at 212. Man, you were fucking thick at 83. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That would be ridiculous, man. That would be I, I, I personally, I personally don't like my physique when I get up to like that 200 pound mark. I just, I, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, when you wear, when like you try to look nice at a gala or some shit, and you wear a suit and it yeah. looks like you're a box? I'm already pushing the limit. Like I'm already kind of there. Like adding another 10, 12 pounds on that is just too much, man. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Where it doesn't matter what kind of you could buy the nicest clothes and they all look weird. You just look like a box constantly, like a bag. Just look stupid. Like a full (laughs) grocery bag. Like a full grocery bag. You're like, listen, I'm jacked under here. 
I, I got you. I know <laughs> you mean. Um, when you heard, what's the, when you hear like Taylor and you in terms of like gunning for that, like champion to champions award, is that more just like for fun or is that really on the radar? It's one of those awkward titles where it's like, because I, I get where Taylor's like, he's, he's a good leap ahead of the rest of the 74s. He's trying to test himself, uh-huh. get something going, but uh-huh. it's tough to like, the day of, in terms of calculations, it's, it's kind of an afterthought where the chips fall. No, or is it, or is that something on your mind? Where you're like, you know what? I want it all. I want the. No, nah, I don't. I don't care because, like, the IPF. Okay, so the IPF formula, it like it works to advantage of like the seventy fourth and the eighty three and stuff like that, just because we have the most people in our weight class. So if you're able to be further uh, further away from like what the average is, then your IPF points are going to shoot up. Yeah. So he's so far ahead of like his pack, it, it's going to be. It, it's hard to like catch up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we have so many good lifters in the 83 gauge weight class. So no one has really separated himself at a point to where it's like absolutely just like, okay, this person's coming in first, who's fighting for second? Yeah. Um, but like I said, it, uh, hopefully we uh, we get closer and closer to kind of closing that gap this meet, and then whenever uh, that, that meet comes around, we can see who's uh, really the champion yeah. again. For people like who are wondering how that IPF points works, it was different than the Wilkes because, they, like you said, that's a pretty good explanation where – it's literally just like where the cluster of all the good lifters are, how far ahead you are in relation to Paul was on here and he was, he wears glasses. So, you know, he's smart <laughs> with math and shit. Um, it's, I'm always rattled when a dude who wears glasses lets me down when I throw him a math problem. I'm like, what? I'm like, Comic books led me to believe you should know this shit. But, uh, but uh, he was saying how it's like how many standard deviations you are away from the pack. So in terms of like Daniela Mello and Amanda Lawrence, there's so many standard deviations away from the rest of the pack. That's why their IPF points are bonkers. Whereas some of the other classes that are uber competitive, it's that's the way it works out. At least I think that's the way it is. Um, but whatever, it's slightly over my head. But it'd be nice. Yeah, I, I it's, it, you just have to, like that's why Ray uh, is kind of getting screwed over with that because there's not too many. Like there's not too many. Um, what what weight class is he in again? Like one twenty plus. One twenty plus. So he's. In terms of body weight, I, I, yeah, like in terms of four hundred yeah, pounds, just, men. just there, yeah, just there just isn't enough men his size to kind of get a, a proper uh, idea of like how far away from the pack he is. And there's so many lifters in the eighty threes and seventy fours. It's, it's probably like the biggest class. Yeah. Um. So when you're, when you're able to separate yourself from that pack, then it's like okay, your IPF points are just going to shoot up. Yeah. How shocked were you? Here's something that we didn't talk about. I actually want to get your opinion. Did you watch the Ray Williams in Sweden? Yeah. Dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, I was like, holy. It was it was weird when that happens to Ray because it can happen to almost anybody. And if like, Ray almost represents, because he's made ESPN. He's made worldwide news when he squatted 1,000 pounds. When that shit yeah. happened with Ray, it's not even like, like he felt it where it's not even just for himself. Some people, if they bomb, they mm-hmm. had a shitty day and like, I let my supporters down. But when Ray, when it happened to Ray, Ray took it as... And some people felt it as, like, that, he has powerlifting on his back sometimes. Where that was, mm. like, I remember, I mean, I was commentating live, and you're just like, holy, I didn't even know what to say. Man. It was weird, yeah. man. It was like watching Superman, yeah, yeah. Watching Superman lose a fist fight. <laughs> so, mm. like, shit, this is not the script. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, he, I mean, like, it's kind of like what you said. Like, he is, he's, he is the lifter for the IPF. Like, when he competes, like, that. That that place is is packed. They're all there to see something just ridiculous. So I think for him, um, I'm not speaking. I can't speak for him, but like I can only imagine like when you have that type of weight on your back, 
uh, not not speaking about just like physically, but I'm just talking about emotionally, mentally. Yeah. Um, you're literally carrying powerlifting to a sense. So it's like whenever you just don't have a good meet, and that that feeling just has to be so bad. So it's like weird. I I yeah I tried my best. I took I, I was like yo let me like him up and say yo man like you're, this is just gonna make you come back stronger. Like I'm I'm younger than him. I mean I, I'm sure he knows that, but I just wanted to let him know like bro like man it's gonna make you a savage like going forward. So it's you know it's it's, it, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> like you reach out and you're like is this helping or not? But I guarantee you. Yeah. It but um. It, it could be, it can, A, in terms of like what it's probably like for Ray, it was weird. Like, I know for sure he must have felt it because just watching, I swear to God, man, like I've seen, look at, like I've, I've called so many sessions in my day. You see upsets, bonnets, shit happens. And it can happen to almost anybody and it'd be rattling. But when it was Ray, it was like a weird, like, the, 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 even the feeling in the arena, people were like, mm. like, it felt, people had an emotional reaction to it. And um, and Ray does carry it on his back a little bit, just in terms yeah. of like he's he is going to be the dude who makes ESPN and makes the international yeah. lifters guys what a thousand. He's the strongest powerlifter we've ever seen in the world. Um, he's like that larger than life character, and you meet him in real mm -hmm. life, and holy shit, he for really is larger than life. Yeah. He lives up. Yeah. So for him to bomb, the pressure though, the double sided of it was was insane. And then um, like you said though. So when I said it's like watching Superman lose a fist fight, there's a reason why nobody likes fucking Superman. Superman movies always bomb. You know, I don't mm -hmm. know if you like Superman, sorry, but there's a reason no, why no. Um, Superman is unrelatable. He never loses. He doesn't have any mm -hmm. faults. He's always super good, and, and that's boring. That's fucking boring. That's a terrible story. Here, let me t let me tell you on this movie. This guy's kicking ass, and it's everything's sweet, and then it ends. Like yeah. that's that's late. Let me yeah. let me tell you this story. The dude is on the upswing, um, reaches the top, takes an L, has to battle back again, has himself a rival he's going toe to toe with, and by the way, he's dealing with this, he's dealing with that, and it's a hell of a fucking story. And in the end, it wraps up. That's yeah. the story everybody wants to see. That's why you need Brett. That's why Brett needs you. That's why the whole nine. Mm -hmm. So, even though this happened to Ray, and in the moment, that's like it's got to be tough, um, no doubt. Like I know he's emotional about it, and everybody was. This is, like, no lie, this is going to make the story better. This is like the opening scene of yeah. Rocky 2 when Rocky gets his ass whipped or whatever and he's got a battle. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a lame-ass story. Yeah, and that was, like, kind of the message I was just trying to convey to him. It's just like, bro, this, this, this pain that you're feeling, like, this embarrassment, this uh, this letdown, just, I mean, uh, your next meet or your next couple of meets are just going to be disgusting, so... Yeah. yeah, and that's why that's why I keep saying, man. Like, me performances are completely circumstantial. Like, everything could go right in training, and then like just maybe two days, like maybe something fucks up, and then you show up on the platform, and no one can recognize you. So that's why you just gotta take everything for granted. Um, understand it's it's a it's a it's a particular day. Like, literally think about it. This is one day where you gotta perform. There is no makeups. Like, yeah, and sometimes in the gym we we fuck up a little bit, we retake it, but yeah. we have. You have three attempts, yeah. man. You yeah, got three yeah. attempts to make it happen, and you have a time frame which to make it happen. So yeah. it's essential, man. It is. Um, it's also important, like you said, it's one day. It's a really shitty sample size in terms of you could have f like two, three months of training, and you got stronger. You got better every day. See what I did there? Yep. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> my man, you're selling t-shirts. So, but, but, but uh, you got KOTL 10 for the promo code. But, uh, but uh, no, but like literally, you could you could have gotten better every single day, and like it was a phenomenal training cycle. The day of, 
water cut, time zone, a, a quad tightened up, whatever the shit, lower back, the day of, it doesn't mean it throws it all away what you accomplished that quarter. It doesn't throw it all, that's, in terms of sample size of 90 days of training, that one day is the shittiest sample size. Look at the 90 days. Sometimes people don't put perspective where it's like, they walk into a meeting like it's all or nothing. This day vindicates the last three months. Not necessarily. You might have done everything right. Maybe even if you take an L, you don't got to retool. Do I change coaches? Do I change my training? No. No, exactly. And some people get emotional and they, they do that. Like, I'm, I'm bouncing from my coach. I'm changing up my training. It's like, but your training was good. Sheesh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, but once again, like, that's the advantage of like having some type of athletic background because like this, like, this is training, bro. Like what we do is training and we put it, on wax when we perform. Um, in football, like you have a bad, like you can have a bad game, man. It happens. Like yeah. our bodies are not robots. Like you can't just compute things and it just happens. Like sometimes we just wake up on the wrong side of bed. Like yeah. at the end of the day, shit's gonna happen. Just stay the course. Yeah. Like success isn't linear. There's ebbs and flows in it. So just understand that, like, yo, you can have a shit day. It's gonna feel like shit. It's gonna make you think that like this whole past three months is just like stupid and everything I did was wrong. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just can't explain certain things, man. <laughs> like, no, you can't overanalyze things. Like you said, it could yeah, be literally right. that day, but everything else in those three months was fine. And while you're looking mm -hmm. for a reason in those three months and trying to retool like your camp, you know, some people do that. Mm -hmm. They're like, they can't put it on yeah. themselves or be like, it was just is what it is. They start searching for a reason. Like I got to take this guy out, put this new guy in type shit. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, looking at the U.S. Nationals, so is the plan now, I wanted to ask you another question here, some people were asking, so you initially were, were not hot on Belarus, I think the last podcast you are talking about that, but now that the SPD Invitational is likely going to be yearly, not just this one, but let's just say everything goes amazing and they do this every other year as well, and they mm -hmm. take world champions, they look at the world championships, um, does that change possibly going to Belarus or... You'll have to see when you get there. What, what do you think? Nah, that doesn't change. I'm not going. Like I'm, I'm, I'm dead set on not competing at Belarus. Uh, so luckily, there's, there's, there's different ways to make uh, this, this meet if it happens yearly. So, um, I'm, I'm not going to do Belarus. Uh, whoever wants to win that 83 kg weight class title at that year, go for it. Um, <laughs> go for it, man. I'm not, I'm not going to be there. So. Um, the goal is to just do, to do uh, if I get invited to do this meet upcoming in, in March, and then um, I think it would just be they would be putting a bind because if if I do well at that meet, it would be tough not to reinvite me given the criteria that they have, you know. So I'll bank on that versus yeah. doing a IPF I, and having like a actual invitation. I think yeah, I think you're right. Where I think based off of a regional performance in IPF points, if you could do. North Americans, Pan American. There's there's different international competitions. Mm. You know, whoever mm. was planning on going to North Americans when they hear this podcast is like ah. <laughs> Even but but when I was reading, when I was reading the criteria like, the criteria, all you basically have to have is like a 700 plus looks and just kind of be buying for that number one spot in your weight class, yeah. and you might get the look. Like, but there's like what five other slots or like three slots there, where there's wild cards. There's, you know what? When you're there in Manchester. You could pull you pull them aside and be like, all right, fellas, let's talk. We we, we know, about, you know let's, what, what do I gotta do? What's going on here? Let's, let's, let's talk. You could sort it out, I'm sure. because uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, we'll see. Hope I mean, hopefully, man. Hopefully, uh, I just know for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm for sure not doing this this year or this upcoming year. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. 
And looking at the U.S. Raw Nationals, um, so we're thinking Jamar is probably going to make an attempt at 700. We might have two 700-pound squatters the first time. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Is there anybody is there anybody can edit this so I can just like go to the restroom really fast? Hit it. Hit it. Okay. Man. I'll take like two seconds. Oh, God. Yeah, my man, just so it's easier for me not to edit. Because you know I hate editing my friends. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. shit, we can hit the pistol. I might have to edit it. <laughs> can you still hear us, Russell? You can still hear us. Hey, let's let's continue the, the interview while you... Yeah. <laughs> so, so, well, All right, we're good. I mean, I'm coming back in. But, yeah, just see it. He just turned it Hey, listen, as long as he's just pissing, I don't even think we got to edit that. That's fine. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> that was, that was a first. so much better. Well, oh. I know, but there's nothing worse. That's why I messaged you, like, I got to rock a piss one more time. Even if I don't got to, I know, and you're yeah. chugging water like a mofo. You're probably yeah, water I'm loading. Water, I just got to go. Um, I've had a competition around the corner, and I was water loading while doing these, and man... Oof. It, yeah. There's nothing more uncomfortable than feeling like you got a balloon filling up in your intestines with water. Yeah. But um, we're thinking we're going to have two 700-pound squatters, and whoever gets the lot number advantage that gets the squat first will be the first man to do 700. Mm -hmm. That's just the total luck of the draw, which is kind of like yeah. shit, man. Um, unless, and this is a big unless, somebody goes 700 in their second attempts. Now, I don't want you to tell me your game plan. But, <laughs> but if Jamar gets that lot number in terms of, um, so he would be lifting first just by lot number, like he's going to go for 700. He more than, unless he's having a shitty day, he's probably going to load up 700. And that's like a hell of a, everyone remembers the first, you know, the first man to do this, first man to do that. Um, is it, how much does that mean to you? To get be the first. What are you thinking? And what's that? What's that? What's that Drake line? It ain't. It ain't about doing it right. It's about doing it better. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. I mean, it, it it's tough because if you if you if you become the first man to do seven hundred, well, if there's a man behind you that's going to do over seven hundred, who cares about the first seven hundred? You know what I'm saying? Like, not mine is kind of like. I'm not. I'm not. Talk, I'm not talking about him specifically. I'm just saying, like, yeah, period. I if, mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's true. It's yeah. You know. Yeah. Like if Ray was the first to squat a thousand, and then a dude came right after Ray and squatted slightly more than a thousand, yeah, then it, it becomes it a little takes, different. It just takes the air completely out of that thousand yeah. that he did, right? So it is an interesting because yeah. I don't think we've seen too much of that happen. Like the first four yeah. minute mile, the first a guy just ran a marathon the first time ever sub sub mm -hmm. two hours. I don't know if you've seen that, yeah. which is I see a post the first, posted, yeah. And it wouldn't have been as crazy if a dude right behind him was like. Yeah, but I just fucking was number two, like two seconds behind yeah, you, man. Exactly. Like, so yeah, so I remember when you first started talking about this, you're like, we might have a possible uh, two, like two eighty-three squat over seven hundred pounds. Like, who's gonna be first? A lot of numbers are important. I was like, I mean, I, it's not. I mean, if one person squats more at the end yeah, of the day, yeah. I mean, so I don't you know what I mean. It's yeah, man. I don't even know how I feel about it. I think if I, I think if I was the first and someone else squatted me, I'd still be happy. I'd still hang. It'd be put it this way. It'd be in my Instagram profile. It'd be <laughs> it's only, perfect. Oh wait, perfect, perfect example. Uh, whenever me and Brett first faced off at IPF Worlds, I squatted a, I squatted a world record for my third attempt, yeah. and then he came back and just broke it right after me. No one cared that squat. No one cared. Uh, like, it was over in two seconds. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I still thought it was pretty dope because you were saying, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's me. 
<laughs> I mean, I, it was cool. I mean, it why? Was, it was <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. That's like, um, that's like Coho's calf. We, this poor freaking guy, when it comes to deadlifts, the guy's got no luck. Um, in a competition, we, I wanted him to break the Canadian national record one time, and Paul, who's another co-host, was handling him. And dude, to get a bronze at a regional event, at a like, who gives a shit event, went over the national record and loaded up the fucking world record to pull for a bronze, missed it, and I'm like, I'm texting Paul, like, my man, and he goes, yeah, we're, we're pulling for bronze. You fucking did more than that. You pulled for a world record unofficial, man. Like, what? what? Come yeah. on. He goes, oh, I didn't know the national record what it was. Then at a national level meet, I'm like, all right, he could be the first Canadian 83 to pull 700. So this will be the new thing we want, okay? He goes, mm. all right. <laughs> Paul, again, is is handling him. And the dude loads up 317.5 kilo. So mm. I'm watching a live stream, and there's Caffrey, and over top of him, I see 317.5 kilo for his third attempt. And in brackets, yeah. they show the pounds conversion. It's 699.98. <laughs> and I'm like, son of a bitch, Paul, I'm trying to message you. Like, look up. Look right above yeah. you. Look right above you. There's you about to walk out, and there's the, like, he goes out, hits it, he's like, I'm the first. I'm like, ah, shit. And Paul's going to come afterwards. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, oh, that's a bad ride home. That's an uncomfortable ride home. And then the world championships, my poor, like, goddamn, Caffrey's such a nice guy, too. At the world championships in Sweden, last deadlift, um, we're like, load up the world record. Let's, let's, let's bring the world record home. Hits the world record. And fucking my man from Sweden comes out, chips it. It's a hell of a grinder. Takes his world record two seconds later. And we're like, son of a bitch. Can we get a W yeah. here? Like, you know, yeah. Kaffrey's phenomenal deadlifter. Can't get a W, man. It's it's yeah. it's a very up and down, valleys and peaks story. It makes a better story anyways. So, yeah. So, see, it's that same concept. It's like, I mean, I mean, honestly, who knows? Like, with, with I literally, like, on my way home, like, I got the game plan of what we're going to do at, at Nationals. Uh, given everything's a good circumstance, yeah. uh, I'm like, yeah, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. I'm just gonna wait. Because then, if I say this now, then it's just gonna look stupid if like, something happened, and then like, well, I'm, I'm just gonna shut up. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I, like, given 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 training, how training's been going. Oh, actually, never mind. I take that back. Okay, never mind. Because it is, it is. I know what you mean where. <clears throat> it's tempting. It's tempting to throw some numbers out there. You know what I mean. But you yeah. also you also game plan wise don't want to give too much. And mm. um, and then psychologically, uh, it's funny because I don't I don't care about game plan. Like people know my you can you can know my game plan. I don't care. Here, this is really? what I do. Really? No, if you can beat that, beat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's only because that's kind of like Joe Frazier talking about Joe Frazier. Ali. Joe Frazier like was heavy, heavy, heavy on the left hook. And um, everyone's like, are you worried? Like, are you going to switch some shit up? Everyone knows you come with the left hook. And he's the same thing where he's like, if you get in there and can deal with my left hook, God bless. But I haven't met a yeah. man who could do that yet. You know yeah. what? Like, he beat Muhammad Ali at this point. He's like, so, yeah. it, all right, everybody's got a game plan. I'm going to go in there and you deal with it when you see it up front and see what happens. Kind of like you're saying. And everyone, yeah, everyone has a game plan until, like, you get into the situation and shit is man. Like, I have my game plan, but yeah. shit might hit the fan. Yeah. My chains. Yeah. That's why there's no point even saying it. Like, it might go that way. Why not? And, and the, the only reason why it would be if you get the game plan and then you veered day of, um, like the worst thing you give somebody, like you know how motivation, when you roll up on a bar 
if you are resigned to second in your mind, you're like, look, I'm not going to catch up, and you're resigned to something, it feels different. If you think, if someone pulls you aside and says, listen, this is for the fucking title. This is for, like, it's there. And you think, holy shit, are you kidding me? It, you, yes, it matters. Like, it's like when the mother lift the, lift the car <laughs> off her son type deal. And that happened. That yeah. just happened, right? Um, yeah. Like, adrenaline and, and motivation, like, not just in our sport, but is a funny thing. So, if you go in there saying certain numbers, and then, all right, the day you had the shift, you adjusted if you don't want to give somebody hope, we're like, oh shit, Russell was actually, he's not having the day he thought he was. And all of a sudden, yeah, all right, he still might be enough, but that dude all of a sudden has a different fire in his belly. All of a sudden, he's yeah. like, oh, yeah. this is my thing. <laughs> the last thing you want to give a contender is hope. You know what I mean? You yeah. want to keep the foot on his neck, so to speak, yeah. right? <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. Yeah. But um, so I understand what you mean, where um, yeah, you don't want to get too too crazy with numbers. Do you see it's going to be. It's gonna be fun though. What I love doing is like kind of looking at back, looking back at the narratives that were that were had before the competition, looking back after. Like it's just like oh, man, people people thought this would happen, people thought this would happen, and when it showed up, like none of that shit came true, or like or yeah, I just I just love stuff like that. My man, I picked you as a silver for Sweden. <laughs> you don't gotta tell me. I mean, you don't I, gotta I, tell me. I was, I, 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 yeah, I never looked at you and said, yo, why'd you do that, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah. Like, given my performance from last year's, last yeah. year's meet, and then given where he, what he did, I would have picked, I would have picked me silver too. Yeah. Like, you can see what, yeah. like, it's, man, it's the toughest job in the world doing picks. Yeah. Where you're like, it is that sometimes it's like, who, you're picking who's going to have the on day, off day, whatever the shit, mm-hmm. or like, neck and neck. Oh, man, it's so hard, but you got to. Yeah. I hate, not I hate, that's too strong, but. When people shy away from picks sometimes, and I understand it, some people have yeah. too many clients and, and too, they're too ingrained so they can't. Um, but if you don't do picks, people will listen to podcasts and oh, go out yeah. there on a limb. Go out there on a limb. Like you yeah. you, you kind of have to. It's a sport. People aren't going to get caught feelings about yeah, it. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Like, you can't be the guy to play it safe and be like, oh, well, what if it's interpreted wrong? But in yeah. terms of, um, I know what you mean, where like, yeah, man, you narratives change real quick. Like after mm. leading into a competition and after a competition. And sometimes new storylines emerge where it's like, holy mm. shit. You have battles where um, Jesse Norris, who was like before you fellas was probably like the, you know, the god of powerlifting at one point. Mm. And going in there, you would think, man, he's just going to run through everybody. And then 172-year-old David mm. Ricks. Came down to the last deadlift. <laughs> 172-year-old yeah. David Rick said, hold my fucking coffee or whatever the hell old guy, what does an old guy do? I don't know, whatever. But hold my whatever, <laughs> hold my dentures. And he goes in there and, dude, it came down to the last deadlift. And I love, who doesn't love David Ricks? I met him, well, I did like co-commentary with him. They're like, pick somebody for a co-commentary. I'm like, I'm grabbing fucking David Ricks. I see him. Yeah. I'm grabbing David. The dude, you know, you never should meet your heroes. The guy lives up and like, he's the fucking nicest dude. He, he commentated with me like M3s or M2s. And then the dude yeah. ran around back, shook everybody's hand. He didn't know who they were, but he made them feel like, holy shit, David Ricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's one dude who does live up for anybody listening. But mm. nonetheless, yeah, the storyline changed where from one dude's going to roll over everybody to, oh my God, okay, Jesse won, but it was the fight of his life down to the last deadlift. And it made it better. But yeah, <laughs> narratives change, my man. There's no question about that. Yeah. So we'll have to see how it all shakes up. But um, yeah. But nonetheless, listen, we, we've had you on. It's, it's uh, man, we're cruising through for like about an hour and a half right now. 
Um, appreciate your time as always because I know this is getting yeah, no, no. crunch time and you're probably yeah. water loading in the whole nine. Love to have you afterwards. Uh, obviously, leading into the SPD Invitational, we're going to have tons of preview shows, analysis, and um, no matter what, you're going to the SPD Invitational, we would assume. So, um, yeah. as, as long as you okay. stay healthy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stay healthy, that's for sure. So, um, is there any last words you want to give as well as thank you to sponsors uh, before we let you go? No, I, I just appreciate you taking the time out to, to talk to me. I know, like, this is, like, super random. I was just like, yo, I need to come on. I love it. I need to clear it. myself up. Like, <laughs> Dude, it's good, though. Yeah. It's good to have a passion. Yeah. It's good to, like, you know, like, let me get in there. Let me talk. Let me see yeah. some things, right? And yeah. like you said, I just wanted to defend myself. I'm like, sheesh, man. These guys were going in. It was, like, Ooh, five straight minutes. I was like, bro, are we not going to like... Are we not gonna act like this is like like this has never been an issue for me? Like, are we gonna talk about depth right now? Like, come on, man. You're like, can we? Yeah, like, it was like five straight minutes. You're like, can we move on already? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the shit? But um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, what I want, like, if you're listening to this and like you're new to powerlifting or maybe like you've kind of been uh, in the powerlifting community, I just want to kind of say like, yo, look at what this is becoming. Like, look at. Look at the production that that SVD provided for what is it the Sheffield or Chef something? Sheffield, um, yeah, 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 twenty. Yeah, yeah, like like yeah, the twenty twenty me. Like look at the production. Like that's what I wanted. Like that's what I was talking about. Like our first time talking. I think that powerlifting uh, needs to do a better job of kind of like with the production. That's gonna help the sport grow. And I think that in the last couple of years, like SVD, um, other companies that like A Seven, like all these other different companies that stepped up their their level of production. I think that powerlifting is just gonna keep. Continue to skyrocket. Man, and, uh, I, now we're now like think about when, when we first had that conversation in like 2017. Now we're talking about a SVD meet that it's 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 shoveling out three hundred thousand dollars. Like, and that's just handouts. I can't. So I had conversation with Pete on air and off air, and I don't want to let the cat out the bag because I'll get some messages from Pete. But my <laughs> man, the production, what they have planned. Like, it's going to be. That, he talked. It's fuck me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he doesn't have to say it, bro. What they did for the trailer alone—that's ridiculous. And I think that people, like, when you're able to create, like, kind of like this, uh, this, just this vibe, right? Like this thing, like, like visually, that you're like, I want to be a part of that. Like people, like this thing is powerful. Like your phone, like the way you can see media—that's a powerful, powerful tool that powerlifting is finally starting to utilize. And I just can't wait, like, to just be a part of this and just kind of, like, see where it's going to take the sport. So if you're a piloter that's listening to this, and or maybe if you're just a normal person that's listening to this and you thinking about jumping to pilot, then there's not a better time to do it. So, Dude, yeah. what are we going to be talking about in two years? Jesus. Who knows? Two, like, yeah, like, this this whole, this next meet, like, this SVD Invitational meet might go so well. Like, this is just going to spark so many different things. Like, this might end up on ESPN. This might get the attention of the Olympic. Like, so many different things that can happen. Uh, things that people thought, nah, it's not going to happen. When you take these, this yeah. is the first step. It takes steps. When people people want it all right now. So if we're not in Olympics now, we're not on major TV now, it's not going to happen. No, it can. That's, that's, it takes steps. It's which way of thinking. Exactly. It's it takes steps. And, and, and uh, you guys will do your part. You're already doing your part. So thank you very much, my man. Muchly appreciated. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stay healthy. We'll talk soon. Good luck, my man. For sure. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. See you, buddy. All right. And there you have it, sir. Do a quick outro with my man. Uh, yes.
and we're back online. <laughs> so, um, we're just talking about so I was I was saying so my man's is when you were like who we got today, and I was telling you like Russell Russell can talk. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I like having Russell on so not only is a world champion, um, bodied up like a motherfucker. He looks like a bodybuilder. He did a bodybuilding show before. Dude is jacked the shit like you would expect a powerlifter look. And um, got that million dollar smile going on. Everybody mm-hmm. sees it in the pictures and whatnot. Looks like he's a poster boy, but he can talk. He's charismatic. He's, he's the type of dude that you'd want to hang around him because he's going to be able to fill it with like a conversation. Yeah. As opposed to you're going to do all the heavy lifting in that conversation. He's got, energy he's, he's got energy. Yeah. He's got big dick energy. And I like that about a young man. Okay? Mm-hmm. Carry yourself. I'm sure you do. Right. I like that about you. When, when you enter the room, you'll be like, I don't know what it is about this guy. Yeah. I don't know what it is. He hasn't even said nothing yet. That's but everybody's, energy. that's that big dick energy. You know what I mean? And people are gravitating towards him. And, and other males in the room bow down a little bit. And show your neck as soon as you They show the neck. Like, the go- yeah. the, the, there's, mm-hmm. in the crocodile, let me just give a little background for that. In the crocodile kingdom, um, when the alpha male enters, all the other crocodiles raise their, their heads out of the water and expose their neck as if to say, you're the alpha. I'm not trying to fuck with you. I don't want to fight. You can have it if you want it. No fight. That's what, that's that, that's a fucking big dick energy if you're a crocodile. That's true. You understand what I'm saying? So my man's has got a little bit of big dick energy going for him. Game recognized game. Anyways, so we were talking briefly about um, the, the marathon. The dude hitting a 200 or sorry, a, a sub two hour marathon. And it's like a four minute mile. This is one of those things where people have been chasing this for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. People have, have, have said, like, when is this gonna happen? We've gotten close several times. This, this man came within a minute of it. Now a minute might not seem a lot. A minute is huge when it comes to a marathon. Trying to shave a minute off your time when, when you break up the calculator and pacing is phenomenal. And when this kind of thing happens in terms of sports, like, I'm all over it. It's like, um, you know, when Ray Williams squatted a 1,000 pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. It starts being like, what is the next limit? You know? And we talk about a, a sub-two-hour marathon now. What are we going to talk about in like 100 years type shit? There's actually um, Kristen Dunsmore, who's a powerlifter. She's been posting a lot recently about she's worked doing studies with um, like people's, like the brain chemistry and how, you know, for instance... Um, in an MMA match or boxing match or football quarterback, you have a split second to make a decision. Boxing matches, when, when, you're, when you see the punches coming at you, uh, MMA, when you're rolling around, there might be a submission attempt, and you're thinking, it's like a chess match. Same with, same with football, whatever. If I make this decision, what are the repercussions? What are the counters to this, etc.? Or am I beating? I go all in this way. He's going to read the probability of his reaction, and then my reaction to that reaction opens up a different field of play. So some people naturally have these abilities. They call it, in, in MMA and boxing, fight IQ. In football, they call it football IQ. I remember to tie the two, Brock Lesnar, the heavyweight champion of, in, in UFC, was also a professional wrestler. Before he went into the UFC after professional wrestling, he had flirted with the idea of going into football. Tried out, I believe it was with the Vikings. Made it to the very last cut. And they said, physically speaking, off the charts. Strength, speed, explosiveness. But his football IQ wasn't high. And they were, they were like, and it'd be too long to teach him the football IQ to make these clutch decisions. Kristen Dunsmore is now um, a part of a research firm right now where they're looking at, can they actually 
increase athletes' ability to make these decisions, not just because you're reading the plays over and over, but what, what makes these decisions happen? Some people are born that they can make these proper decisions. That's not but natural they, instinct. But they're starting to, this is the next level shit mm-hmm. where there, there's for a little while, um, like 60s, 70s, 80s to an extent, maybe even into the 90s, some people thought if you're a, if you're a hockey player, you just do hockey. You want to be better, you just do hockey. Strength and conditioning, you're wasting your time putting in time in the gym. But like they were behind in the time. Same with boxing, MMA. You want to be a good wrestler, you just wrestle. And now, then it became the craze. No, you got to get yourself a strength and conditioning coach and better yourself physically like that. So that's for like the last 20 years where we were at. Now we're starting to get to the point where it's going to start being like mind training. And not just learning the playbook. But they're researching now what they could do that just like outside just memorizing the playbook to make your abilities to make split-second decisions like that and honing in on them. And they've actually done studies showing when you're making these decisions what the brain looks like compared to different individuals and studying what stimulated that, what section of the brain um, made that happen. And this is what the future is going to look like, man. Like in all sports. So when we're talking about how can we get much faster, how can we get much stronger, how can we get like better in terms of like all these different sports. Well, if it's a strategy sport now, it's going to look like we're a caveman running around in the football field. It's a whole new different It'll be a whole other ball game, man. Like, when we talk about Neo downloading some shit, mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying that's, like, in the next few years, but we're, this is the beginning pieces yeah. where you have to start, how does the brain process information, and how do you make it better? And that's just sports applications. Don't get me fucking started on what happens when the army gets all of us. That's how we go into it, and we've talked about this before, but, like, you know, army of robots and body enhancements. That might just be the next step. Now we're strategic planning to winning competitions. Next, we're like, all right, we've done so much with strategic planning and strength and conditioning. Listen, Christmas Morris, God bless you. You know, you got that. She's a nice girl. You might be ending the world right now. Okay, I just want to put that on on right now. You said it. We, when we double back to this podcast, people are going to double back in 20 years and be like, it was her. She created Skynet. Is that who it is? And I just know future me is going to have to come back and kill Kristen Dunsmore. And I don't want to do that. Sure, I said that, but it is what it is. Future me will come back. Don't say that, though. Just in case you do come back in the future, there's nothing on record, though. So. She's going to see me at the next powerlifting competition that I'm at, and she'll be like, Ryan? And it'll be, fucking, it won't be me, though. No. Because she'll be like, I thought I was, you had like how you're that quickly in the story. No, no, it won't no. be you. No. It'll be it, you 20 it'll, years from it'll now. It'll be me 20 years from now, and guess what? Here's the kicker. I'm a fucking cyborg. Okay, I'm a fucking cyborg. And um, she'll be like, but I just saw on your Instagram you were back in Canada. And that's when she oh. It just clicks. She goes, you came back to kill me. It's too late for her at that point. Two guns come out. And she's like, I've been waiting for you, motherfucker. What took you so long? Because I knew. She's ready. She's strapped, too. She's strapped, too. That's where the movie starts, not where the movie ends. Believe me. Because she could probably whoop my ass. She's in physical shape. But, um. Sounds like a John Wick 4. It's, it's going to be, well, it'll be serious. It's not going to end after the first movie, okay? I'll be wounded, but I'm coming back. Okay, they're going to keep sending me. But, um, no, this is seriously the beginning. When we start looking at this, all oh, bullshit aside, yeah, 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 they're going to fucking put this into the military. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah it's cool. If to it's be- not already there, anyways, but we just don't know about it. 
Well, look, look it. They have robots already that'll style on you before it harvests you for your organs. That's one of my main send me a DM. Yeah. It'll literally be doing backflips and and dance moves. Like they they have robots that could do shit like that. Now you put weapons on it. How the fuck are you gonna stop? You're gonna shoot it a million times while it's deking and dodging. You're a robot running down the street like, doing parkour from building to building, <laughs> doing backflips, and then next thing you know, if you got a gun, you're like, that's a wrap. I'm yeah. just dropping the gun yeah. and be like, that's it. Yeah. I don't know if you take prisoners, but um, but I don't know if you have a dick, but I'm always right. Yeah, I don't know what you want to do. But, but that's big robot energy right but, there. But that's <laughs> a big body. <laughs> We're on a different level. Um, and then if the humans themselves are like ultra. We already know physically what we could do mm-hmm. with all the different chemicals and whatnot. Times that by God knows how much. And then, and, oh, and by the way, the split second, they can download information and make decisions based off of that. That's what we're looking at in the future. Yeah. So it starts off as sports. And I like how I always bring it to the end of the world, but it's the end of the goddamn world. Had a man, we had a man run a marathon under two hours. Signs of judgment. Check this motherfucker. Yeah. That's it. People are celebrating. I'm yeah. stockpiling weapons. Yeah. You understand me? Uh, people think Stock, I know what the signal is. Stock okay. up on perishable food items. That's just not perishable food yeah. items. Do you understand me? But um, make sure you live close to a Costco, you know, just in but, case. And here's another thing that's crazy. Um, he's Kenyan. They're all from Kenya. Mm-hmm. I think there was people. Uh, people might slide in my DMs with this. But there's some kind of background culturally. Like in Kenya, for instance, in track and field in Jamaica. Jamaica's got millions of people. Not sh- like I, under 10 million, I'm pretty sure, which is a fraction. Because you're saying both, correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying both from Jamaica. 100. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're saying both the fastest man, woman, they're yeah. all. Like, well, no, right now it's the US, but. Historically but speaking, like, he broke a record. Him, well, like, historically speaking, there's a shitload from Jamaica. Yeah. If not right now, I think it's an American, but in history, a lot from Jamaica. Like Donovan Bailey, who's Canadian, correct me if I'm wrong, originally from Jamaica or family line from Jamaica, like Jamaican descent anyways. Uh, ben Johnson, Canadian as well. Like like in Jamaica, it's, it's part of the culture. So even though they have far fewer of the population, um, a weird amount of people have been like the fastest man or woman in the world. Mm-hmm. Kenya, when it comes to marathons, I don't know what the shit it is. But it must be like inbred in their culture where you just come up and run it because it's always Kenya, 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 year after year. Mm-hmm. And running isn't exactly a sport with barriers. No. These Kenyans aren't yeah. like, it's don't have money where they're pumping into the program. Like, yeah. we can't keep up because they get the money they're pumping in. No, man. You got people just running with whatever pair of shoes and like, I'm going to make it. Just out of hustle. And that's all it takes for running, right? All you need is a pair of shoes. And desire. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Right? You need parachutes, you have desire, and then commitment to actually go out there day in, day out, and run. Because running is but not an easy thing. Like It's going to be mental when it comes to a marathon. Yeah. The pace he set, um, I mean, it's 42 miles, 20, no, 42 kilometers, 26 miles. So that's like, he ran 13 mile average an hour. He ran 21 kilometers. 21 kilometers in an hour? Both hours? No slowing down? That's true. That's a 21 whole lot, kilometers that's a whole an hour? lot of mental toughness right there. Well, man, how far am I getting in an hour? I don't know if I'm getting double digits. Is that fucking pathetic? In an hour? No. For, for average Joes like you and I? What do you say? It's worse? <laughs> well, I, I thought I was being conservative. You. <laughs> 
Summer, you're gonna call me the fuck out on this, aren't you? <laughs> you could have just let this slide, but um, yeah, it's phenomenal what that dude's doing. As soon as I came up, mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up. I'm not a huge like obviously distance dude, but I'm a sports guy, yeah. and I love it when new barriers get hit. Mm-hmm. But um, so, anyways, it was a phenomenal interview with my man uh, Russell. I'm glad he came on. The U.S. Nationals is gonna be uh, like a, a great show. I love what he said. Where these dudes are good enough, I can't sleep and rest on my laurels. Mm-hmm. I, I go. Seven for nine, six for nine in terms of my attempts. These dudes are close enough, you know, and, and he's trying to build a dynasty. Yeah. Um, even if he's not going to go to Worlds and you get your world selection based off of this, he's like, I, I'm, I'm going to be greedy. You don't build a dynasty on taking outs. That's for sure. So if yeah. I'm not going to, so you're not getting a win on Even if he's not going to go to Worlds, he's still going to give it his all. Because I want to win. Yeah. That's how you build yeah. a dynasty. You don't, yeah. you don't get dynasties. He seems with, like a young man with a vision and a goal in this sport. Like we said it on the podcast, he's only 24 right now. He's gonna be in the game for a long time if he chooses to, man. God knows. And he's breaking records, hitting numbers like this, this early on. 24. Only at 24. He feels like more of a veteran. Yeah. Because he's already done so much, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of scary, man. And he's got competition in his weight class as well. Oh yeah, that drives him even more. 100. Yeah, if he's skating on his own. If he's running against himself, it's a lot harder. Yeah, even if he was like a guy like Taylor, where you're at the top in your competition, where there's not, uh, there's no one really kind of giving it to you. Where, there's a spread. There's a bit yeah, of a spread. There's a, exactly. There's a spread. There's a distance between you and the next guy. But for mm-hmm. him, I feel like if he even has the slightest off day, you, that's if, it. if he goes it two, if he goes two for three in squats, all of a sudden. It's He's no longer yeah, yeah yeah it's it's He's a fight it's a fight yeah. like maybe not he could still win but it's it's now become interesting more interesting yeah. um, because if one of these gentlemen goes over eight hundred it's yeah it's, it's more interesting I think mm-hmm. like, he's a heavy favorite look he's a heavy favorite I'm not gonna lie you know we, we got to build a little tension here mm-hmm. he's a heavy favorite but you can't this is powerlifting and he, he said it himself like he doesn't take I, mean, I don't he's like if I see you in prime time you're in the top ten I'm fucking I'm not looking past you. If he's not looking past you, we shouldn't either. Right? That's the type of mentality you gotta have. But um, glad he came on. And anybody watching, um, by all means, man, you gotta post this up in your Instagram stories. Because what, what he said is true in that this is how we're gonna build the sport. You know, we gotta rally together. Guys like him need this, this exposure. Um, all these athletes need this exposure. And these events need this exposure. We have to keep pushing and um, endorsing these events, watching these events. And because it's, this is the first step. This is year one, hopefully, of the SPD Invitational. We're starting with $300,000. Year five, are we talking television? Are we talking a million dollars? We're not going to get there unless we all rally around each other. So give us high ratings, subscribe, leave comments. I will comment back. We can discuss. If you want to debate anything I said, slide in my DMs. That's fine. But I prefer put in the comments and it might instigate a debate or conversation with other people jumping in. But if you prefer just to do a private DMs, go ahead because I got people DMing me, calling me out, and we get into a private debate, um, and it is what it is. So anyways, until next time, from Six Pack Lab, Yasmin. Peace.